welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. The thing that brings most suffering to every individual is the attachment to feeling really happy and high and okay and connected and and the resistance to pain. And in that actually is this inability to feel a genuine consistent level of bliss and joy and an inability to feel pain. Reason being that when we're attached to feeling good all the time, when we don't feel good, it really hits us. And we wanna blame something external for that. So to use our consciousness to choose, right? So we're not addicted or attached to bliss or to high states of consciousness and really, a lot of um, addictions are based on an unconscious addiction to be high, right? But if we can have a conscious choice of when to lift our vibration, that's very different. So the sh part, a huge part of our shadow is born out of our parents and people closing, close to us making not okay anything that doesn't feel good. So who as a child remembers being told, oh, don't be ridiculous? Who remembers as a child hearing, oh, stop it when you're angry or upset? Who remembers as a child when you're throwing a tantrum and you're naturally expelling the energy from your nervous system that needs to be expelled as a result of the emotional body being hit? Go somewhere else and do that and you're shamed for it. Who remembers that? Right. So that's when the shadow is born. So the shadow consists of everything that we repress and we deny as a result of our conditioning when we're told that something is not okay. And sometimes great traits are repressed and denied. I was doing a session with this man who was finding it very difficult to assert himself with his partner. And I was doing body work on him and then this memory came up and he was so, he was like this, right? And then I'm like, do you mind sharing what the memory is that come up? And he shared with me that the bodywork I was doing and the prompting I was using with my words took him back to a memory with his mother where she said, when you're under my roof, you'll do as I say. You will not question me. Right? And then I said, how did, so feel what that made you feel. Now I knew from the first session with this guy that he needed to get in touch with his anger. He was very sweet, very soft with a dominating woman who wanted him to grow balls, but who was also chopping them off every day, which is a common dynamic, right? So then he started and then he was like, oh, and finding that place. And then I said to him, who were you 
Like, how long did it take before your mum kept doing this? And it shut you down. It took her a good couple of years. But what he learned was to no longer be assertive. And what memory surfaced was every time he would say, Mum, I think that when we communicate, we should do this. Or, Mum, I really want to be this. Or, Mum, I don't like this happening or that happened. Whenever he said what he didn't like, offered a new idea or proposed something that she didn't want to do, she would tell him to keep quiet and to follow her rules. So basically, that's what he was manifesting. So that's an example of a parent saying, don't be opinionated, do what I say, don't be assertive, and repressing or relegating into the shadow qualities which are actually great strengths. Right? And same with some, some like I loved to dance and to create and acting. And I was already always dancing around and I'm sure none of you can imagine me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I would be like, okay, everybody sit down. I just did a, perform I'm, I had a performance for everybody. Nobody would even know it was coming. I'd be in my room when mum and dad had visitors over and then I'd come out and I'd be like, right, is everybody ready? <laughs> and then my mum would be like looking at me and then I would do my performance and everybody loved it. And then later she would come up to me and she would be like, you can't just do that. You can't just come along and perform for people. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, maybe they don't want to watch you. And I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. And then she said, plus you should be spending your time studying, not performing. And this is a memory that came up in a bodywork session. And I remembered in that moment that my creative outlet, which was dance and performance, I just put away. And it actually wasn't reignited until I connected with Tara's sister, who's an actress, a few weeks ago. And since then, every day, I've been bringing in a little bit, just allowing myself to dance for the sake of it, not because I'm releasing anything or to lift my oxytocin or to, you know, set myself up for the day just to dance in my performer and pretend that there's people watching me and be like, oh, that's right, I used to love doing that as a kid. I used to set up cushions and pretend it was an audience. So it's like remember, we can remember what lights us up. We can remember what's been placed in the shadow as being bad, as things that actually as children brought us a lot of joy and we don't need to judge, right? So a lot of the times when we're told not to be angry, we're told not to be opinionated, we're told not to feel sad, we're told not to be mean, be greedy, be jealous, all of those things, they go into the shadow, right? Some of them are golden and some of them are debilitating or not, not, they don't serve us, they sabotage our lives. So what I've always done is really look up to people who are very mystical, who are very poetic, who are performers, who can sing, who can dance, and guess what? When I was young, that was squashed, but also I used to have imaginary friends and like play with, talk to fairies and write poetry and do all that sort of stuff. And my mum also said to that, what's all this higgledy-piggledy? So it was affirmed by my dad, but repressed by my mum. So there was this huge part of me that was like, okay, 
push that down, which 10 years ago when I was 30 and, and started getting into Tantra, that was really reborn. So that's what we would call golden shadows. I was attracting people and looking up to people who had these traits and who, yeah, were very fairy-like and a little bit crazy, I guess. And, and then I started to discover, right, that's actually me. They're a reflection of me. And I'm really looking up to that. And then realised I had to dig that out from the underworld. And I had to go back and say to that little girl, it's okay to be a little bit crazy. It's okay to talk to imaginary friends, right? Which really is knowing that angels exist and God exists and other realms exist, which either floats your boat or it doesn't. It floats my boat. And then these other traits that were not serving of me, which was I had a very bad temper. And it was like, take your temper somewhere else. And I was quite angry as a child. And also that was, that was pushed down. And the sadness was seen as a weakness. Like I came home, I remember I came home crying one day from being bullied. And my mum said, stop being silly. You know, and don't let, I hope you didn't cry. I, I'll never forget this. She said, I hope you didn't cry in front of her and give her the satisfaction of your tears, right? And then she's like, you go tomorrow and you show her that you, that you don't care that she bullied you. And if she ever says anything again, you just hold your head up high. Now that taught me other virtues, right? I've got a, I had a strong warrior. No one fucking bullied me again after that. Like she taught me well. She taught me to kind of, but what also meant is that I never showed my vulnerability. I never showed when I was upset. My anger, I'm like, it was destructive. And I saw how destructive my mother's anger was. So that was pushed aside. And all of these shadows that were pushed down, I started to become aware of when I was doing my thesis. So I went to university for seven years. What was encouraged in me as a child, and so this leads me to, and we're, we're gonna get there, right? Whatever's encouraged as a child is over-exaggerated. Whatever's judged as a child is pushed into the shadow. So what was encouraged in me was my intelligence, my strength, my warrior, and the fact that I was a very positive person, positive outcome focused. It's something that my family talked about a lot. So that means I'm really, I've always been really positive. I've always been really strong. I've always been very studious because it was all encouraged, but it went over the top. I studied way too much. I was way too much of a perfectionist. Later on, it translated into becoming a work addict. And I didn't leave any time for that little girl who just wanted to dance and perform and get excited and be a bit nuts and talk to flowers. I remember one time I was talking to a flower, having a lovely old chat, and mum came over and she's like, stop doing that. I'm like, why? The flower's pretty. And, and she's like, people are going to think that you're fucking crazy, right? Who's, who's been told as children, people will think this or that, so stop doing it? And a lot of people, like, we're obsessed with what people think because we hear whispered from our mums or our dads, if you do that, people will think I'm a bad parent. If you do that, people will think I abuse you, whatever it is. So th this trait that was encouraged in me, my, in my intellectual academic nature, 
took me to seven years at university. I did a law degree and an honours in philosophy and also a certificate to in anthroposophy. I'm a Steiner trained teacher. So qualified to the hilt. And I remember doing my thesis on the unconscious and coming across the shadow. And I started understanding all of these concepts that I'm giving you. And it was good. It's like I could start seeing a lot of the things that you're going to be learning and bringing to my awareness that when I get triggered about something in someone, it's because I hold that quality or I need more of it. Or, you know, I would start to notice my actions more and what was driving it. And I started to become aware of, oh, okay, so anything that has been judged is in my shadow. Ooh. <laughs> so this exploration could only take me so far, this conceptual understanding. It made me even smarter at being able to master the human experience, right, which was handy. But the places in my body that felt those shadows didn't know how to cope, didn't know how to deal. So I had this conceptual understanding, but the shadow would still come up, and one of my biggest shadows is gap rage. Because anger was so judged in me as a child as bad, seeing the damage that it did when my mother would go into it, it was my most pushed down emotion. And I just used to never get angry other than like twice a year. I've mostly resolved my gap rage. Sometimes I go into that energy a bit with my daughter and it still kicks my ass. I'm like, did you really just do that? And some shadows, it's like the ones that have been most judged and, the, and they're usually the ones that one of our parents have that we absolutely friggin' hate. They're the hardest to integrate, right? Now, what my anger has shown me is so invaluable. Integrating my anger led me to power. It's what gave me healthy boundaries where I had none. It's given me the feeling of knowing that I've got this because if I can transmute anger, I can do anything. Anger's fire, right? So when you transmute it and you get through it without projecting it onto anyone, fuck do you feel powerful, right? So you start to believe in yourself and you know you've got it. So we're going to explore anger. And, and then this, the other big one was like vulnerability as being seen as a weakness. You know, this shadow part of me that was the tough girl, which, which we'll be going into. So... When I was studying all of this, it's like I was writing everything down and becoming very aware of it. And what I would do is I would write down, okay, so you're gonna have this shadow and this shadow and this shadow. And when it comes up, you need to do this, 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 and this. And because I was very studious, I made an agreement with myself that I would read what I was gonna do when my shadow comes up every day so that I would never forget. My emotional body would get triggered. My nervous system would get on fire, right? And it was either when I felt encroached upon, controlled, or like my freedom was being taken away, or abandoned, right? And I would fly into either complete rage or I would turn into the coldest fucking ice queen bitch that you've ever met and just disconnect from people. And I'd do it and then I'd be like, 
there I go again. What happened to remembering the three fucking this and breathe, notice your shadow, da, da, da. Because when the nervous system gets activated, we're not dealing with the adult consciousness. We're dealing with the child. And most of our shadows, our unconscious, are still little children. What do little children need when they're acting up? Love. We know that if there's an energy that is acting up, right? And we see that in children. If we're smart, we know that that child needs attention. So they're trying to get attention, right? So if we go like this and shut them in a cupboard and deny, what's going to happen when we let them out? It's like wild animals that have been locked in a cage. It's, it's going to go crazy. That's why when people, when they get triggered or when they're drunk, right, and the unconscious is most open, when you get triggered and you're activated and, you, and then someone sees your true colours, right, and you turn into a crazy bitch. So you can't, dealing with the shadow is not a mental exercise. It's a process of feeling that shadow, letting that shadow move through your body, seeing it, acknowledging it, allowing it to move through you, getting to know yourself and knowing what that, what that shadow needs. But that's what's coming. That's what we're opening, that's what we're opening to. We're opening to loving all the little aspects of our child self that has been repressed, denied, or forgotten about and buried into the unconscious. The golden shadow, the beautiful parts that we project and the parts that are self-sabotaging, right? So part of your homework, which is written in the first chapter of the manual, is to have a think about what aspects of your personality were encouraged as children? And notice where you've over-exaggerated those qualities. So if you're, oh, it's so great that you're so ambitious. Now you're so ambitious you can't sleep at night. Right? Because your ambition runs your life. And sometimes they may not even say it directly, but you can pick up from your parents what they think is great, yeah? So really think about, in your family upbringing, what were you conditioned to believe is great, is amazing? And what were you told is bad and not okay? And that's the beginning of our journey, becoming aware of the things that we've repressed, both the golden shadow and the unserving shadow or debilitating shadow or sabotaging shadow and then looking at the qualities we've exaggerated and it's an interesting exercise thanks for listening to the love sex and freedom podcast for more great free resources in-person and online workshops and our retreats find us on instagram and facebook at elia tantra school or visit elia.com.au see you next time